Do Welcome I, to I the Invincible be... Podcast, the best podcast or something around here. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Invincible Podcast, probably the best superhero podcast in the universe. This is a show where friends get to sit around and talk all things Invincible, a comic book by Robert Kirkman. On today's show, we're going to be talking all about hardcover volume 8, that's Ultimate Collection volume 8, uh, issues 85 to 96. Um, and joining me for that, as always, is Liz. Hi guys. And Brittany. Hello. How are you doing today, Liz? I'm doing good. What's so funny? Oh no, I'm just, you know... I'm constantly frazzled and going from here and there. So when I actually someone asks me how I'm doing, I have to think about it. Like, am I really good? <laughs> but no, I'm good. How much longer do you have of school? Five months. Five months. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. But I'm finishing up a course Saturday, and then I'll be a week off, which is going to go by really fast. Awesome. Then I'll leave my last semester, so. Good. Cool. Uh, and how are you doing, Britt? Same thing, different day. Mm-hmm. I'm the most boring person ever. <laughs> So untrue. <laughs> um, so before we jump into Volume 8, though, there's a couple things I wanted to bring up. Uh, first of all, remember, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, all the works. But recently, there's some fun things that were brought up on Twitter. Um, Image Comics has their 25th anniversary, and so they're doing some really neat variant covers across all their books, including Invincible. Um, and... You know, go online, check them out. They're pretty neat. They're uh, paying uh, homage to, like, 90s comics, and there's some re- really neat ones. Uh, there's actually uh, Curse Words. The comic Curse Words is doing a variant of uh, Invincible's first cover. Um, but I posted all those pictures online. Check those out. Um, also, issue 132 is out. Or not out, but it's going to be out soon. Um, it's coming out February 1st. And not only that, but two weeks after that, we're going to be getting issue 133. So, and uh, Sean Makowitz over on Twitter, the uh, editor-in-chief for Skybound, mentioned that he doesn't anticipate any major delays throughout the rest of the, you know, finale for Invincible. So that's kind of exciting that here we are. We're finally getting to the point where we might not have any major delays and new issues of Invincible are going to be coming out, you know, month to month now. And that's really exciting. We're all really excited to sit down and talk about them. So, uh, other than that, um, uh, I think it was Nathan Fairbairn, the colorist right now on Invincible, mentioned that uh, the next issue, 132, has got some stuff in it that, you know, uh, it's got some shit in it you've never seen in a comic before, I guarantee it. So that's really exciting. Uh, and, uh, How is that of... even possible? <laughs> like, I feel like this comic has gone and oh, shown us so many things. And that... there's still more that you guys... Don't even know. It's really cool. So I'm 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 so excited. We're we're only a couple weeks away from a new issue, and you guys are so close to being caught up. You're so close to being caught up. Now we I just feel it. Yeah. Feel it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just read uh, volume eight, and I only have nine and ten here. So that's it. After nine and ten, then you're reading some of the issues to get caught up to where we are. No, I'll just wait until the book comes out again so I can just binge read just it. Just binge read the whole thing. <laughs> that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> we'll see uh, We'll see where we're at when we actually get to that. I don't know when uh, volume, uh, I guess that would be 11, 
But um, how exciting if we could all sit down up. together and actually do a podcast, all of us together, like TJ, Billy, you, me, Brittany. Like, oh, I know. I feel like you wouldn't, like nobody would be able to get a sentence. A word in. <laughs> I know, it'd be pretty intense. Uh, I've I thought about it, and if we don't do it um, before the finale, we're going to do it for the finale. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. have to have some big episode for the final issue of Invincible, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So this year is going to be really exciting for Invincible. Um, we're starting off with you guys getting, you know, pretty close to catching up and um, two issues coming out next month. And from then on, should be monthly or pretty close uh, with the finale, the end of all things. So uh, I guess we're going to jump right into it. So here we are. We uh, and the previous new reader, it was volume seven, uh, I guess, kind of a previously on it was the Viltrumite War. Um, you know, Mark and everybody going to uh, the planet and flying through the planet Viltrum and uh, Thrag and um, Thaddeus dying and Alan being made Grand Regent and Thaddeus leaving the Scourge virus to Alan Mm -hmm. and then all the stuff with Dinosaurus and Mark kind of learning to kind of, you know, be a little bit more, I don't remember the word I used, but kind of forgiving of people and a little bit more lenient Just, yeah understanding their point of view or where they're coming from so i feel like yeah he was starting to see things in a new way or at least take the time to try to solve something in a non-violent way mm-hmm. yep so and it ended with mark telling dinosaurus you know you're ready to save the world as mark is you know kind of a fugitive to cecil and yeah he's enemy of the state yeah like, pretty much yeah so that's where we left off. Now, Volume 8 starts off not with Mark, but on Telescria, or on the way to Telescria. They were going to visit him, um, going to visit Oliver, weren't yep. they? Yeah, yep. yeah, because yeah. Nolan and Debbie left. They just, they're like, peace, and they took <laughs> <Bye>. off. Yeah, <laughs> and left Mark and Eve to the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so much booty in this. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially, especially this volume. Right from the start, we get... Um, uh, Nolan and Debbie um, have made up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, are making up for old time. Uh, and we've got them on their way to Telescria. We've got Alan and uh, Talia. They mentioned that uh, Alan can't reproduce with Talia. You know, that's kind of thrown in there. I thought that was interesting. And we see Oliver again. And Oliver is good as new. Yeah. Last time we saw him, he was in that tank because Thrag had ripped his arm off and broken his jaw. And they've mentioned that, you know, the skin has grown over and he's, you know, pretty much fully healed. And and now he's officially um, peach-colored. He no yeah, longer, yeah. yeah, he is no longer... Remember when he was purple? He was purple, yeah. And they mentioned that he would slowly fade into... And they really did a good job of making it, Right? Like... It's almost like you didn't even notice. It no. just kind of... I was like, oh yeah, that's Oliver. Like, it wasn't a big deal. But looking back at other, you know, pictures of it, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, he was... Purple, purple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not purple, but purple. Yeah. Yep. Remember that commercial? No. <laughs> what is that from? I don't know. Some paint commercial where they're trying to pick the right color purple and guys oh are painted purple. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Well, this one uh, uh, ambassador, this lizard lady, is pissed off at Alan because, well, everybody knows now, and the word has gotten out, that the Voltramites are... On Earth. On Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, Nolan has come back to tell them this. And 
everybody's mad about it because they're like, we know where they all are. What are you doing about it? What are we going to do about this? Yeah. And so they're kind of thinking that Alan's not He really... needs to step up. Yeah. He's the leader. Exactly. Like, and he's under the pressure working, of yeah. all, these, all these planets, not just a one the group coalition. of people. The coalition. Yes, the entire coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um... <laughs> Ryan's wearing a coalition shirt. <laughs> and, Nerd. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and... Um, I liked uh, Oliver going out and patrolling and learning that his uh, left arm is weaker than the right because that's the robotic one now. And um, just need some great action scenes with him fighting uh, different enemies. and Just him coming into his own and, yeah, mm-hmm. getting... Back in action. Exactly. Yep, and getting reunited with his mom. <laughs> Which was really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were really excited. But I was laughing at the artwork on one of the pages where... Um, Nolan and Debbie are making up again, and there's Oliver on the couch covering his ears, and yep. that was just like the when Alan and <laughs> awesome throwback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're making up, and Nolan's on the couch doing the same thing. So that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I love when they do that. Oh yeah, I love the throwbacks. The awesome callbacks in this uh, in this comic. The whole thing. Um, How'd you sleep, son? <laughs> like <yeah>. really? <laughs> um, Alan has a moment with Talia where he's like, I might have to do something very bad, but it's for a good reason. And you start to see him struggling with this. Hmm, sounds mm-hmm. like Mark. Mm-hmm. Does it not? Oh, and yeah. if you think, like, their storylines kind of, like, parallel. Like, he wants to do something that might not be seen as good, mm-hmm. but he's got to do what he's got to do. Now, Alan is faced with the exact same yep. problem. And so it's kind of like, you know something's coming between Mark and Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when uh, Nolan goes into Alan's, excuse me, Alan's office, and uh, he begins to tell him, like, oh, you know, there's something that I might want, that I might have to do, and you're not going to like it. And, but you still have to love me anyway. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and well, <laughs> and uh, Nolan just immediately just rips off the wall where the where the room is hidden, um, the scourge virus, and just like he knows right away. He's like, where is it? What have you done? You know, because he knows. Um, and the issue ends with them saying, like, all right, well. Ding, ding, you ready? Here we yeah. go. You, you, know, I, you know, I don't want to do this. And he's like, I know. Let's go. I know. And I was like, is this really happening? Like, I thought they were just, like, joking and we're going to, like, talk it out. But mm-hmm. that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I wanted to see him. You wanted to see the fight? Yeah, I just wanted to see how Who far did you think? Alan has gotten so much stronger. Uh-huh. Like, if you look at him, how beefy he is now, mm-hmm. like, yep. I'm just like... I kind of wanted to see how far he would go. Yeah, yeah. How, uh, Especially how, being, like, head of the coalition now. Yeah. How, how did you think that fight would go down before you read it? I thought Did you think be... they would actually fight? No. Like I, thought, like I said, I thought they were just, like, going to talk it down. And I really, yeah, I really didn't put too much thought into it. But then... I thought it would be pretty evenly matched, but I still always see Nolan winning. Yeah. So. So, uh, issue 86. Again, this was kind of like a two-parter with Cory Walker. And and we'll see, especially later on in this issue, I love when they take advantage of using two different artists to show two different places. Like, this is a great use of Cory Walker um, showing all the past, or not the past stuff, but what's going on on Telescria, um, similar to how they've done in the past with Cory Walker and, like, you know, the adventures of Nolan and Alan. It's kind of like we get used to seeing um, how Corey draws them, and, and I think Corey's awesome at, at aliens and other worlds and different costumes and all those kind of things, which, again, plays into what happens later on in this volume. So we get the fight scene, and um, Alan kind of fucks up Nolan. 
pretty mm-hmm. easily, pretty quickly. Right? I was mm-hmm. kind of like, what just happened? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and what do you think of Alan's plan? What do you think of this? Like, so, you know the position that he's in. You know that, you know, all the Vulture are in one spot. This might be their only opportunity. This is the classic, you know, you know, kill kill one to warn a hundred, you know what I mean? It's that classic kill, you know, a few to save a million kind yeah. of thing. Like, At first I kind of, I agreed with them until mm-hmm. you hear Nolan's side and how he changed and how they can change. And I was yep. like, yeah, all right, I get it. But then I'm thinking too, is Alan fully aware of their plan? Like they are there to repopulate and rebuild their ranks. Like, does he know all that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sure Nolan told him because Torag and him had that conversation. So yeah. I, I would think he would know all that information. But that's almost worse. Right. Like, so that's like... what I say. So I think that's why he ultimately decided, like, I have to use the virus because mm-hmm. it's only going to, like you said, set more people in danger. Um, people can change. Yes, Thrag is not going to change. Let's mm-hmm. just be real. Yeah. Like, he looks at that skull and he's just gone you know he's he's an evil evil person Mm -hmm. so i don't think he could ever be changed and the few that are left i feel like are like the top ranks like strongest again really haven't spent enough time with humans to change or really Mm -hmm. be able to assess their feelings um so i think alan has to do what he has to do yeah one thing that i thought um rereading this uh i almost wish that alan would have talked it out more or thought about it some more in a way because for one like oliver shows up and it almost immediately takes alan's side but he's like yeah obviously this is the right thing to do because we've known throughout the series that oliver really doesn't have much compassion for human life Mm -hmm. he doesn't consider himself a human he doesn't care for humans he's not attracted to humans none of that and one thing that i feel like maybe should have been done was find out whether or not this will harm humans they don't know they're just assuming during this that like oh you released that and because humans dna are so similar similar to vulture it probably will but what if it doesn't you know what i mean like i don't know i I think and how long would it have taken them to really figure that out Mm -hmm. you know i I don't think exactly is going to make a difference yeah and like Nolan said, like, this is what happened to the, you know, Unopen people, you know, his, Alan's people. Nolan called him out and was like, you would do the same thing that happened to yours. And I get the argument. It's like, yeah, well, it's going to happen to countless others if I don't. So it was a tough place. And I don't know, I think it, Invincible does a really good job with asking those tough questions, you know, of what's right and what's wrong when it comes to those kind of situations. But no matter what, somebody's right and somebody's wrong. You know, it, yeah. it really is. It's like politics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Nolan stops himself. He starts uh, fighting back when Oliver and... Um, uh, Alan. Well, well, yeah, well, Oliver punches Nolan. And Nolan grabs Oliver by the neck and stops himself. And he's like, nope, not again. Yeah. You know, and uh, proceeds to get fucked up and then flies away and crashes back onto his to his home uh where debbie is and she's well she's pissed she's pissed <laughs> right because now she thinks that you know he's going back or reverting back to his own ways mm-hmm. that it's been televised or something yeah, she's that like you, you're trying to take this planet over now right right yeah. he's like that's not what happened just 
calm yeah. down. And he's just all bloodied up and everything like that. And he just says, we've got to get to Earth. We've got to go. And then he just passes out. Um, and that's where it's left. Uh, pretty cool. I liked that little sidebar of what's going on with Nolan. It really builds tension for Mark and on Earth. You know, what's what's coming? You know, it's this gloom and dread that's coming because we know like Alan's on his way yeah but in the same respect we already know something big is happening with Mark and Dinosaurus like they're yep. like let's save the save the world and the last thing that they did was or that happened was blow up Las Vegas so I know they're planning to destroy things Mm-hmm. to rebuild it so mm-hmm. i'm thinking hmm well maybe the virus will help destroy things well, to rebuild mark things. was you know pretty broken with the whole vegas thing and he didn't agree with that tactic he thinks that dinosaurs is you know dinosaurs ways are a little too extreme that yeah he has the, his mind in the right place but he's going about things the wrong way yeah, needs a little so guidance. i don't think mark ever intended to do things as like blow up Vegas again, but he wants to take that genius and instead of blowing up cities, you know, maybe do something that was a little bit more, you know, safe and less harmful to people, but still have the same outcome. He's want he wants to change things for the better, even if they are a little bit drastic. But a, a big part of that was I think him working with someone who's a criminal or viewed as a criminal, you know. So, but uh, issue eighty seven. Now we're back to Otley's um, artwork for this one. Uh, it starts off with Omnipotus. Now, I don't know if either of you remember this guy. Um, he looked familiar, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I kind of wish I had issue 27 to resort back to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in issue 27, like way back then. Yeah, I really don't remember what happened really. like This, this was early on um, back when the Guardians of the Globe were new. And, um, like the, you know, the previous ones had died and this is the, you know, the robot team and, uh, Monster Girl and Rexplode and Adam Eve and everybody duplicate immortal. And Brit was there at the time and they got messed up by this guy and, um, Black Samson showed up. Remember Black Samson was in a coma Mm -hmm. and he needed his suit. And at the time I think Monster Girl was using his suit. Yeah. And Black Samson showed up and like just vaporized the guy and pushed him back into his own dimension or something. And that was Black Samson kind of getting his powers back. Okay. Oh, okay. That's it. So he kind of makes a return and everybody is pretty much knocked out. So it looks as though he had won. Um, a cool way to start like, hey, back on Earth. Meanwhile, um... And you'll notice a lot of new Guardians in this. Now, concurrently with these issues, a new series was going on, uh, Guarding the Globe. Um, And this introduced new Guardians, um, a bunch of different ones, you know, Yeti, Chupacabra, uh, Le Bruiser, which is just a boxer, uh, Pegasus, Kid Thor, Japan Droid. I was wondering who the dog was. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's just a superhero dog, and it's it, it it almost feels like a joke. Like it's so funny though. Like they'll just throw him. He's like indestructible, and he'll just go through things. And it's like, all right, and that's it. And they talk to him. Like he doesn't talk back. He just they talk to him like a normal person. It's really funny. But we're gonna be going over guarding the globe at a uh, during a tie-in um, episode sometime soon, hopefully. Um, speaking of, I think our our Brit Volume Two has gone up. Uh, that was our last episode. Wolfman Volume 2 uh, tie-in episode should be up next. Um, I finished reading Brit Volume 3, 
And I wasn't too hot on Brit Volume 2, uh, but Volume 3 was awesome. I, I'm spoilers for that, but I, I thought it was really, really good. So I'm excited to sit down with Bill and talk about that one. So back to issue 87, um, Omnipotus showed up and everybody's knocked out. And I kind of like this. It just shows, you know, Invincible and um, Dinosaurus showing up to kind of like save the day. And Dinosaurus just bites the guy's head off. <laughs> You're done thought that was really neat and uh well and i like how they seem to have like this it down like he flies holding dinosaurus you know drops him on the assailant like it seems like they've been doing this now for a little while yeah you know? yeah like some time some time might have passed they kind of got their you know their thing together and i like how they get up and robots like all right you're under arrest you know mark's like uh look around you we just saved the world i don't know what you're talking about um so, but Mark's just like, whatever, they take off. Um, but Mark goes to Eve, and this is the first time Mark's seen Eve. Since, since he left. Yeah, since he was like, hey, do you trust me? I'm going to do something crazy. Peace. And, <laughs> and Zizel shows up to Eve and is like, what's going on? Um, so Mark's, I mean, she's clearly a little upset, but he explained to her that, you know, this is, this is the right thing to do. Um, uh, things, you know, dinosaurs does things wrong, but... Um, what he did helped people in the end, at least. And, um, you know, they kind of have that whole discussion. Um, well, yeah, and this is like how you were talking about earlier, how he knows Dinosaurus kind of like is going around it misguided. So this was the first time I could really see like his thinking and what he was planning on doing or how to make it more positive. Mm -hmm. So I liked seeing this part of the conversation. Yeah, and I like how um, Cecil showed up and he was like, I only came here to talk. Well, and Mark's like, yeah, I know. I know you I know you can track Cecil this. Cecil can just die. He can die. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you just don't like him. You no. You never liked him. No, I'm done with Cecil and his face. Um, I like how, uh, well, while he's there, um, Alan enters orbit. So Mark takes off, flies up there. He's like, hey, you know, what's up, guys? So Mark has no idea what they're there for. And uh, they're like, okay, Alan... And, you know, Oliver are there, and they're like, okay, Mark, we need to talk. And so they tell him the plan. And <laughs> Mark's reaction is similar to Nolan's. And he thinks that they've lost their mind. He thinks that they're crazy for even thinking that they should do this. Um, really showing that human aspect again. Mm -hmm. you know? And Mark says, if, it, if there's even the slightest chance that this can have an effect on humans, um, you can't do this. There's no way. The Voltramites killed, uh, yeah, yeah, he says the same thing about how, you know, the Voltramites killed all of Alan's people. How could you do the same to mine? So, uh, and then who shows up to uh, stop the fight? Because they get into this little fight about it. But Thrag. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, he's kind of keeping an eye on Earth from space and... Well, he wants it to reproduce. Mm -hmm. and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't either. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like cool because the last time we see the Viltrumites, it's like, all right, peace. We're gonna we're gonna, we're hide gonna out go for a while. Yeah, we're yeah. never gonna see you again. You know, you won't even know we're here. Exactly. We're gonna lay low, and uh, you, you think that oh maybe they'll come back in force or if there's a major thing, but it's like oh no, we're we're aware of everything that's going on, <laughs> um, and that's how eighty seven ends. So on to eighty eight. Um, there's like this standoff between Alan and Thrag because Alan's like, well, I could shoot you with this right now, but Thrag's like, well, before it takes effect, I'm going to kill you and you're not going to be able to infect anybody else. 
So either way, you know, either I die or you die, but either way, you're not infecting the planet. So they have this like standoff where they kind of call a truce, where there's this like, you know, neither thing will happen. Um, Alan's not having that. And one part about this truce that Thrag has is he's saying, what makes you think I didn't put Vulture on another planet? You know what I mean? What makes you think that all of us are here? Right. And so, like, is this even going to work? So would you kill all these humans just to for the chance of it? Yeah, one or two of us. Mm -hmm. So Alan's starting to realize that this might not be the right way to go. I mean, they're both unhappy with it. Thrag doesn't like the fact that, you know, Alan has the scourge virus and he can just wipe out. Well, if Alan was smart, he would have made more of them. And not just have one. And not and just like, one. one did act a little too quickly on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, that's what I mean. I feel like... Humans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really he should have well. made more, really have it, just... Yeah, and know? he was under a lot of pressure, and I'm sure that that was played into this, like, he why he's making babies, this decision. you know. Aww. <laughs> um, well, then the Guardians show up, and they have this whole communication problem because some of them can't hear what the other ones are saying. They're thinking, some can't breathe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they actually start fighting a little bit. And in the confusion, Oliver takes the Scourge virus gun and flies down to the atmosphere, and Mark sees him and flies after him. So what's going through you guys' heads at this point? Like, Well, this is like, I'm like, finally, it's the Joker to the Batman. Like, like, (laughs) it's happening. That was was your theory. I know. So I was kind of really nervous about what was going to happen with them. But I was like, Mark loves Oliver so much, nothing that bad can happen. Like, Mark's changing the way he thinks, the way he approaches things. So I don't think it's going to get out of hand as, you know, say his fight with Conquest. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's Mm going to be anything like that. So, like, I knew that something bad was going to happen. And then when Oliver shot him in the face with the virus, I was kind of like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I remember the cover. I was like, this is why there's a different person on the cover in Invincible's costume. Remember yep, he yep, yep. Yeah. I showed you guys that. Yep, so I kind of was like, I don't know if he's going to die or just mm-hmm. whatever, but this is why that I made that connection then. Yep. What uh, about you, Brett? What do you think? <laughs> I didn't think he'd actually pull the trigger. It looked like it was just them fighting over the gun yeah, and it blasted well, him in the face. Yeah, I don't know like, if Oliver intentionally oh, blasted him because he freaks out. Boy. Oliver's like in panic mode as soon as it happens. That um, little boy, he needs some he needs some guidance. <laughs> but I like Mark. Like Oliver catches or Alan catches up to them, and Mark's like, "I'm fine, I'm fine." But you know what? What's the situation here? Is it airborne? Like, uh, do we have to be worried? Is this a thing? And Alan's like, no, no, I mean, we're high up enough. It was just a small burst, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but how are you? And Mark's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And, and then the blood la- is pouring the last- out of his orifices. Yeah, the last page has all this blood coming out of his eyes and his nose. And he's like... His eyes look crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Cool way to end that issue. I thought that was really neat. And then the cover to 89 is the cover that I showed you guys. Yes. Someone else in Mark's costume. Um, what do you think of this little flashback that it starts with? I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. And for one, to see art again, and just to see that, you know, that costume was an option beforehand. Right. Before Invincible came around. Remember, uh, like, in that in that little flashback, art is actually working on Invincible's costume, and uh, Bulletproof goes up to the uh, the rack, like the costume rack, and pulls out the costume, 
that Mark originally tried on Mm -hmm. with the little solar discs and stuff like that on them. And I thought that was pretty neat. So um, at that point, did you, I mean, you guys knew it was bulletproof at this point. We talked about how it was was bulletproof. Mm -hmm. I mean, there could only be so many people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yes, we we knew it was bulletproof. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Bring it back. Um, we've got Cecil aboard, um, the Voltramite ship because they have, uh, the Voltramites are taking care of Mark. So Thrag's there. Um, Thrag has kind of made it clear to, uh, Cecil. He's like, you have no choice. We are here. Uh, we can kill all of you. You will honor our agreement or it will destroy you. So we will coexist here. And, uh... Well, especially now that, like, Mark is in such a weakened state, like, there's nothing else... Like Cecil doesn't have anything else. Yeah, he has know, nothing he, he can he do just against has to these accept people. It. Yeah. This well, isn't a whole. He's been through it. I mean. Yeah, Cecil knows what one Voltramite can do, and mm-hmm. here's an army, or not an army, but a team of them a small, there. Yeah, a small handful. A small group of them, <laughs> and uh, so he doesn't really have a choice. So. Um, Fuck you, Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> I will be glad when he dies. It's gotta happen. They have to kill him sometime. <laughs> Ryan, I won't look at your face. Oh, I'll I'm just not. give it away. No, no, no. I know, I know. You're. I, I I don't give anything away. You're a statue. Everybody dies. Every single character dies. Yes. <laughs> um. The next next we've got Alan and Dinosaurus. Alan goes to get Dinosaurus at his lab. Um. Just a fun scene. Great art. Uh. I yeah, I love the art in this mm-hmm. one too, and I like the color. Oh yeah, the coloring. Um. This is uh. This is, what is this? This is when Alan is, they, they have a moment where uh, Dinosaurs is like, oh, it would appear that we're at evenly matched, so this will just go on forever, so obviously you're here for, and, and you being here means that Mark told you, so again, just being a smartass, because that's what Dinosaurs is. Um, we've got uh, Eve getting to see Mark um, and sit outside the waiting room. And Bulletproof kind of consoling her a little bit. Can I just be honest? Like, Eve has been a little bit annoying for me lately. And I don't know why. Like, (laughs) I really like Eve. I always have. But I feel like she's kind of gone from being this badass to just being this dependent girlfriend. Like, I don't know. I don't see her as... I can see that because I feel like almost every time we see Eve... She is being the girlfriend. She's, she's not being crying. herself. She's like, I'm telling her, like, yelling, or I'm upset. Like, this, <laughs> I'm just like, come on. I just want her to be the badass like she was before. Like, now Amanda is stepping up for me, her monster girl, yeah. of being, like, this super cool character, mm-hmm. you know? You guys wonder why I didn't like Amber. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's how I felt with Amber. Because take away take happy? away the fact that Amber was the girlfriend, and who was she? She didn't really have much of a character other than Mark's girlfriend. Right? Yeah. Like now, we know how cool Eve is, so yes. that's why I'm kind of like, I want her to have some sort of redemption coming up because, I like I yeah, I'm just getting tired of seeing the same thing mm-hmm. from her. Her just crying over Mark leaving or coming or going or sick or whatever. Like you just want more. Yeah. Yeah. No, makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Um, Can I blow my nose for like a second? Yeah, go ahead. I don't know why, but my nose is like super runny right now. You do, but you have to do it right here. No, God, no. <laughs> I have to, I don't want to do it even in front of you. Ew. It's so loud. It's so gross. One more time. One more time. No, there's nothing else in there. There's yeah. a um, garbage can 
Is it grossing you, you out, Ryan? No, I'm just saying, so you don't just have to put it in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, just don't touch anything from now on. I'll open all the doors. Where's the and... sanitizer? I'm sorry, it's just running. <laughs> I'm kidding, it's okay. It's, it, like... it's better than you sniffing. All right. All right, I'm back. Or just being like... Do I, do I have, do I got a bat, McKay? What's wrong, guys? Am I good? <laughs> <laughs> Alan, I'm fine. Not yet. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. And also in the waiting room, we've got uh, Amanda kind of glancing over at Rex. And there's a moment between them there. Now, last time we found out that things were a little shaky with their relationship. And so this kind of well, and, expands on that. And I'm just going to jump real quick because... Mm-hmm. I went home and had a conversation with Billy. I was like, oh my gosh. And we were talking about, you know, we found out more information about, you know, Amanda and Rex. Yeah. And I was like, 12 years. 12 years is such a long time. Well, then I was reading. It's like 700 years (laughs) or something insane. I'm like, I had no idea. And Billy's Mm -hmm. just like, I think Bill brought that up on the Brit Volume 2 discussion. But uh, We're so lame, I guess. (laughs) No, it was just so funny. Because, yeah, that was one of those things where I'm like reading it with you guys. And I was like, yeah, can you imagine? It's like 10 (laughs) years. Yeah. Like, nope. Make me feel like a fool. No, but yeah, that's why I thought that was like, wow, we have no idea what really happened. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Dinosaur shows up and he's he just wants to help. You know, obviously, all the guardians that are there are like, you know, they go into fight mode and want to stop him, but they're like, listen, you, you can't fight here in the ship in his condition, in Mark's condition, you're just gonna make things worse. What are you pointing out, Britt? Oh, just that guy's face. Oh, yeah, that guy does have kind of a busted face. Too bad he doesn't have a butt chin. That would have been a little bit... Oh, the other guy does. See, like, I feel like strong guys are usually depicted with butt chins. I don't know why. Yeah. Butt chins? Butt chins. Yeah. Because, like, me, myself, Irene, you know, Hank had to get the butt chin to make... Make Charlie look more manly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Love it. I was just telling TJ the other day, I haven't watched a Jim Carrey movie in so long. It's time. Like, it's time. Yes. We've been watching um, the new Netflix Lemony Snicket. (gasps) I just started watching it, too. Did I say, Billy just put that on the other night? I only have, like, two more episodes left. Oh, really? Katie and I only watched two. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I have a hard time not seeing Jim Carrey because, I mean, and that's not any fault against Neil Patrick Harris. He's doing great. It's just that that character is so... He was done so well. Well, that's the thing. And that character, Olaf, looks exactly the way he should look in the book. And since they did it, since Jim Carrey made it look exactly like that, they're just doing the same thing. They're going to make it look exactly like he should. Yeah. It just so happens they look exactly the same. Um, but they're, I mean, it's From good so From the little far. bit that I, I actually watched, like the first episode, I felt the same way. So I'm hoping like I'll transition. And not only that, and this isn't a spoiler, it, but, but he doesn't look like Count Olaf for a lot of the show. Like he goes through different costumes. So I'm sure the other costumes are going to look different than the costume versions that Jim Carrey played. Either yeah. way, um, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm excited to watch more. So... Good to know. Yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. What was that? Um, a hiccup. I don't know. I make weird noises sometimes. Because I drink pop. <laughs> I'm gonna burp probably. In. Okay, we're good. All right, here <laughs> we go. I'm so sorry. It's alright. Brittany snows. I'm burping. It's winter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we've got a huge reveal shortly after this. Um, Thrag goes in and talks to one of the scientists and was like, uh, I thought you should know that Mark Grayson is a match. His blood? Yes. Yeah, what's that about? Yep, he has, uh, the... He's, like, um, higher up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And they talk more about it when Thrag goes to kill Mark, but he's 
he's basically Lord Argal's heir. Yeah, so that then skull he gets... that he was talking to. Right. Yep. So no longer is Thrag rightfully the leader. It's freaking Nolan or Mark. Like, yeah. They're the oh. rightful. They're the mind. rightful heirs. So then, of course, naturally, Thrag kills the only person who knows that, who this. Who knows and squeezes mm-hmm. his poor head off. Mm-hmm. Just the messenger. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I, this issue pretty much ends with um, Zandal, you know, bulletproof. Agreeing to help Eve with Invincible Ink. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. now that Mark isn't, you know... He's sick he's, and yeah. his, what, moon, moon spaceship thing <laughs> or wherever he is. Um, they need somebody to kind of take over and help because uh, they're going to start losing business. And I love this great shot. Uh, it's the same panel from issue 36 um, of, you know, Mark flying, but this time it's Zandal in the costume flying. He looks good, uh, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's how that issue ends. So we're moving right along. Next up is issue 90. So issue 90 uh, starts with Bulletproof working for Invincible Inc. And he uh, uh, attacks a creature called the Walking Dread. Which is, well, I like it, you yeah. know. There's great, so many plays on it, you yeah, know. That, a great pun. Yeah. Um, in the uh, sketchbook section in the back... Uh, I believe it's Cory Walker actually talks about how they came up with this character's name and designed him well on the set for the movie Paul. So the alien? Yeah, with Simon Pegg. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were, um, Kirkman, Otley, and Walker were invited to the set or something. That's cool. Yeah, there's a picture. I think in Paul, uh, Simon Pegg actually has an invincible shirt on. In one You're of right. Am I You're right? You're totally right. I remember him wearing something and Billy and I making comment about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Is this a Walking Dead thing? Um... And Judge Dread. Yeah, it's just making fun of the name Walking Dead. Oh. Walking Dread. That's pretty much it. Oh yeah, no, I I got that. Yeah, but that yeah, there's no there's not really any other connection other than that, and it was just a funny name. But I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and uh, Dinosaurus goes. Oh, this is one of the. This is actually one of Bill's favorite scenes coming up. He loves dinosaurs. Like he's always says, "What do you think about dinosaurs? Isn't really? he so awesome?" <laughs> so I feel like me. I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's okay," because I don't want to like him because because Bill likes him. him affirmation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm a terrible that, person. <laughs> <laughs> well, dinosaurs goes to Thrag and he wants access to more records, you know, and he wants he's had some questions and stuff like that. And uh, wants to speak with the other scientists, and Thrag's like, no, you can't do that. He's he's unavailable right now. Um, uh, he's with, a puddle of blood. Yeah, he's just a big blob right now. Um, then we've got Alan and um, Oliver talking, and Alan talks about how he regrets, you know, even considering it. And we get kind of his his uh, not redemption moment, but. You know, he he has a moment where he kind of talks to... It's clarity. That's, I mean, yeah, it's... he kind of clears up that up a little bit. And I like how that conversation ended with, uh, so you want to go visit Tech Jacket? And they go... <laughs> I miss my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so cute. I love their little... Their little bromance. Bromance, exactly. I was like, man crush? No. Bromance, yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Oh, guess what? Eve's crying. Eve's freaking crying. <laughs> Aww. Well, I'm telling you. I mean... It's okay. It. I still like her. Just, I get it. I'll stop complaining about it. And, yeah. Well, her man is not doing. Well, so. her crying opened it up for uh, Zandal <laughs> to try and make a move. Like what? 
he's such a dirtbag. Well, yeah, because then, like, later, his girlfriend is always accusing him. Who are you cheating at me with? That well, was one time, baby. And well, yeah. before, when Robot and Amanda came back, he, he was tried the, that's hitting right. on He was the one that was hitting girl. on him. Yep, yeah, yep. so he is just so a dirty dirt bag. So, when I see like, dirt bag. So, this is the scene that I was referring to with, uh, with Bill Loving, and it is a crazy scene. So, Threg is standing over Mark um, in the ship. And he's kind of in a very evil villain kind of way. Starts basically talking out loud, plotting his Mark's death. Yeah, and he says that you know I'm told that you will survive this. That you're going through the phase in which it would have killed you, so you're going to live. Um, and basically tells him he's like, you, your father, you're all traitors, uh, and that you know, maybe you know, what does he say? Uh. And they'll they'll believe that the scourge virus actually killed you, and it wasn't me. So he puts his hands around uh, Mark's neck, and he's going to kill him. But Dinosaurus shows up, mm-hmm. yeah, like him, and immediately scratches him and breaks his claws off. I love that picture. This, I thought oh, that was awesome. This whole scene is crazy. It's so crazy. Um, Dinosaurus is onto him. He knows what's what's up, and he. It, you know, intelligently put bombs all over the Voltramite ship. <laughs> tied, yeah, tied to his heart rate. So he said, the more you hurt me, the more your ship blows up. Yeah. And uh, they There's get in this... that crazy. You know, mm-hmm. I like it. Oh, yeah, I like him. <laughs> yep. And they get in this crazy fight scene. And then this one panel where Dinosaurus goes to bite Thrag's head off, similar to what he did with Omnipotus. Yeah. Uh, and all his teeth just mm. shatter. And... Uh, I like the rag's response to it. He's like, surely you expected that to result in a different outcome. And then all of Dinosaurus's dialogue from now on is him fluttering. <laughs> oh, it's great. And then he just breaks his jaw. It's disgusting. Yeah, well, and when I saw that too, I was like, please don't kill him. I know. <laughs> I actually like him, and I really wanted him to save Mark. Yeah. I mean, and, it all worked out. But. Yeah. Thrag, Thrag uh, goes to attend to all the explosions going on, leaving Dinosaurus in a puddle of blood. But Dinosaurus has enough strength to get Mark on a spaceship and... Hobble on out. Yeah, and launch away from the Vultramite ship and um, crash land into uh, just kind of near his base. And Mark wakes up and crawls out of the ship. And sees so. his poor buddy. Mm-hmm. Messed up. Yep. So, that was uh, issue 90. Now we're on to 91. Um, I like... Uh, you get to see a little bit of Badass Eve here. I know. That's so this was kind of cool. I was waiting for something. Mm-hmm. Thrag's pissed off, and Eve shows up and wants to know what's happening. And um, I love how she, like, kind of uses her powers to create, like, these swords, and she's got, like, the, the helmet on so she can go in space, and she looks real, like... Yeah, I liked her her space costume, yeah. if you will, you know, because... It's all armored, and it, like she looks like a knight. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really cool. Huge swords. And, like, look at the size of these swords. <laughs> They're the size of her. I know, it's like she looks like a praying and, mantis or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More of that, please. Yeah. that's that's awesome, Eve. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, and I like how, during that scene, Thrag kind of hints at, you know, you really think you... you he like kind of laughs her off. He's like... He basically mentions 
um, something along the lines of ending up on the other end of my arm, but that's already happened to you before. Or something like that. He mentions yeah. Conquest stabbing her with his hand. Um, the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Voltronite move. <laughs> and then after that is when, yeah, we find out that Zandal cheated on Carla and, you know, how he's a different guy now and he mentions Eve and, yeah, that's when she's like... Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Dirtbag, dirtbag, dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> but silly, he's doing him a favor, so yeah. whatever. And then, uh, and then Mark wakes up and so does Dinosaurus, but Dinosaurus is in his human, human form, form, who I aptly named Dino Bro, um, because he talks like a bro. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, he keeps saying he always says the word bro. He's like, Did I make did I did I make you sick? Maybe I tricked you, bro. When I'm the monster, I'm pure evil. Yeah, you gotta watch out, man. It's so weird how different they are and it he looks like Rex a little bit for me too. He does kinda look yeah. like Rex. So sometimes yeah. I have to like He's like a combination of Rex and William. Yes. <laughs> I can definitely see those features of William in his face. Mm-hmm. Um so I have to keep Longer reminding face, myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Okay, no, no, this is, we'll call him D-bro. D-bro? Or D-bag. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> Cracked myself up tonight. <laughs> um, and in this scene, when he's talking to human dinosaurs, and he's kind of, he actually compares him to Oliver and said that dinosaurs isn't really evil. He's kind of like Oliver. Um, and, you know... He says that he's not pure evil, he's pure intelligence. And he loves his brother. <laughs> and then, yeah, and he starts talking to uh, the human version of dinosaurs, and he goes, Have I ever told you about the production order on a comic book and how they're made? You start with the writer, usually, unless it's a writer artist situation, and they're the same guy, or sometimes the writer and the artist work really closely. And he's like, Oh, I see what you're doing. I like I how they brought good. it back, though. Yeah. 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 So, um,. The, uh, we've got this Alan Oliver tech jacket fight scene uh, with this crazy looking, like, um, what is it? What is that called? Like a crustacean? I know, it's like a squid, yeah, pod. Kind of alien monster, and Eve saves the day. I um, love the coloring on this. Yeah, isn't that great? It's just, it's a nice change from all the dreadful colors. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the deep coloring this This is yeah. This is a little bit more... You know, not it pastel, like a but wash. yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a nice change. A little mm-hmm. bit brighter, and Eve shows up, uh, saves the day, and uh, she then wait. She goes to get Oliver. She goes to tell him that Mark's missing, right? Oh yeah, and uh, goes to get then she help. also goes to get Zandal too, which coincidentally <laughs> she interrupts her date. And adds you know, fuel to the fire. Who mm-hmm. is bitch? I know. <laughs> That's exactly how I read it. Yep. And then back with Dino Bro and Mark, and Dino Bro isn't changing. Um, back into Dinosaurus, and he's like, "Oh, maybe he's gone." Um, and, but he's not, and no, he just kind of yeah. He converts. Next page. <laughs> yeah, he converts back to Dinosaurus, and um, he was basically saying that because he was so messed up that it took longer to heal to change back takes a long time to grow all those teeth yeah i right? thought it was cool though that he can just like transform back and be like perfectly fine again mm-hmm. yep so uh zandal and the whole group arrive uh zandal in the invincible costume and um eve and oliver and alan and they all show up and they're all fighting and uh 
dinosaurs is fighting with Oliver, or, or no, is fighting with um, Alan and Oliver. Yeah. And Mark goes to punch Alan. And so the last page is what happens. Uh, what did you think of this? I I thought he was like human again. Like, yeah. Or like just no powers whatsoever and he's going to be done. Yeah, so Mark punches the back of Alan's head and the bones come out of his arm and his arm basically breaks in half. Gross. Yeah, for me I was kind of like, what just happened? It's like I forgot for a moment that he had been so affected by the virus. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And uh, so I was kind of like, is, is Alan that strong? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like moment, and then I was like, oh my gosh, Mark's in trouble, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. But then I was kind of like, Oliver just got a new arm, now Mark's going to get a new arm. So I was, you get a new arm! You get a new arm! Let's just start ripping arms off! Everybody gets new limbs. Yes. So what's next is a five-part kind of event that both Ryan Otley and Cory Walker drew together. And this is kind of the first time where they kind of tag-teamed issues. And I love the covers. The covers are really cool because the covers are always like this two-cover kind of thing where there'll be one main cover and then a smaller band along the bottom. And, and it's the two different artworks. Yep, and it's yeah. the two different artists. You know, it, you know, Otley would draw one and Cory Walker, Corey Walker will draw the other. And um, really, really great. And it was this is, you know, the whole Flax on Dimension story and what happened with Monster Girl and Robot when they went into the other dimension. So, starting off with issue 92, um, Mark has gotten better, but he's broken. Something's happened to him, and it's almost as though he retained his strength, but he's incredibly fragile. Right. So, he's able to throw a punch. He's He'll no just... longer invincible. Oh. No. <laughs> he's not. Bulletproof yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one of my favorite villains... Like recurrent villains, Octoboss attacks the Pentagon. I just loved it because he's so he's so funny. Um, he's taking English; it's not his first language, so he always speaks. You know, he he never speaks short, proper English. Yeah, short sentences. Yeah, yeah, it's just really funny. And uh, Mark tries to help, but he's not allowed because obviously his condition. Eve protects them, and uh, Cecil. We get to see a little bit of um, uh, what Robot does now so robot is kind of in charge of all the guardians and we found out about that last volume but in this volume we kind of get to see it and in a little bit more direct way so he controls all the guardians and sends them where they need to be so uh as you see he's just sitting there playing a video game and uh yeah i mean he's been in the leadership role before mm -hmm. but i this it did feel different yeah this time Yep, and I like how it shows it. Like it kind of has like that Batman Oracle kind of vibe to it, where he just has his screens and he's like, "All right, yep, capes and uh, the Wolf Corpse can stand down. The threat's been neutralized. We didn't even need to call on the full Guardians roster." You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so. um, But what's crazy about this uh, this scene is Robot and Monster Girl have a little spat at each other. Robot kind of sarcastically says, like, impressive work there. And Monster Girl's like, what were you doing? Were your thumbs too sore from playing your stupid video games? And Robot's like, help me out. Whose side are you on today? It changes, you know, 
from some side to side so often, which now that you've read it, you know what he meant by that like little jab, like mm-hmm. whose side are you on? Well, yeah, and I she, mean, you can infer from yeah, those and, comments. And she punches through Robot, <laughs> and Britt's like, what has gotten into you? You used to be so close. What happened? And a great tee-up to our first flashback. So and I love the little text bubble on the top that says, here's what happened. Yeah. I I love the way that this whole thing unfolded. Like, this, to me, you know, of course I loved everything else that was going on in the universe, but this was a big unknown of, like, what happened? Mm-hmm. So I, I read through this Well, they've been teasing it for a while, quickly. like, yeah. this, this uncomfortability between the two of them and why are they acting so weird when they were so close when they left and now they're older and what's what's going on? So, yeah, it, it was something that I think we were all looking forward to finding more about. Um, I believe when it was actually released, these issues had a little bit of a delay. So when we were reading it, it was a little long, these five issues. Um, I don't know over how many months it took for them to re- be released. Um, they're a lot more political. Um, I dug it, though. I'm jealous of you guys being able to read it kind of as a cohesive story, like all at, at once. I'm sure it read much differently yeah. for us. Yeah. But kind of dug it. So uh, in these flashbacks, we find we, the first flashback is when they actually jump through the portal, you know, um, and they surrender to the Flaxons. Um, they start, you know, learning the Flaxon language and they find out that they're like testing them, like they're, they're running tests on Monster Girl and everything. And um, they, uh, Robot, you know, is starting to learn their language. Now, a lot of times it's going to kind of bounce back and forth between um, flashback, and what's, flashback and what's going on in the present. So we're going to, I guess, do the same. Um, and then back in the regular dimension, um, Mark is struggling with not having his powers. He hated, like, driving, and he hates when Eve flies because she flies much slower than him, and he's having a hard time adjusting to all of this. Um, then, I feel like, how long has it really been since he had his powers? You know, since he threw that first garbage bag? Do we know... Um, we just, oh, there was something recently, I wonder if I put it in my notes, um, they recently said Mark's age, was it last issue when Mark, yeah, when Mark came back from the Vulture War, and Eve and Debbie were talking, and Debbie said, you just had your 20th birthday while you were away. Oh, and it was yeah, like yeah, his yeah. twenty. I want to say it was like his twenty third. I want to say twenty. I want to say twenty third. And you gotta assume that when he had his powers, he He's was a senior school. in high school and he was going 17. into college. Okay, wow, yeah. So what is that? Six. Eighteen to twenty four ish, twenty three ish. Yeah, five six years. So, but you gotta think if that's all you do, Seven. you gotta get. You probably get used to that pretty quick. I would. Right, just flying everywhere. My strength. house would be so clean. <laughs> Didn't. Actually, I was like, didn't Bulletproof did that? Oh, your parents are coming over, and he quickly like, picked up. Yeah, yeah. This, the very next scene, you're right. Because uh, because Bulletproof shows up, and uh, Carla's like, your parents are coming over, and the house is a wreck, I can't make dinner, blah, blah, blah. And he zips around the house and cleans it up. What's up with that painting, though? Oh, uh, like, yeah. Was he painting that, or was she painting that? Oh, no, that's oh, his painting. that's definitely his painting. <laughs> and that's... Totally Eve. I, well, naturally. Yeah. I so. Just, I look at the pink background. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, but. <laughs> oh, wait. Dirtbag. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> so, Zandel has a brother named Tyrone. And uh, Bulletproof's parents, you know, Zandel, Zandel's parents think that Tyrone is Bulletproof. 
So he has a That's twin weird. brother. Yeah. Uh, Zandal is the, in quotes, artist, and his twin brother is the superhero. Yeah. Very interesting story. I kind of liked how they did that. Um, and Zandal is kind of looked at as the, you know, kind of the bum of the family who's just a, a, an Starting artist. artist. Yeah, yeah, who's not really doing anything important with his life while well, his twin brother's out there saving the world and why can't you be more like him? And he can't tell his parents the truth of what happened. And we don't know what happened. Right. And it's just teeing up for more story. Well, again, kind of like his backstory, because right now I think he's a dirty dirt bag, but we don't know. Of course. I mean, that's <laughs> what everybody... Same thing with Rex. It's Rex, know, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody starts okay, off kind of... Okay, here's the new Rex, so... Oh, Rex. I know, see? Oh, all right, gotcha. Here's our monthly, <laughs> our monthly reminder of poor Rex. Um, Speaking of Rex slash robot... No. Yeah, so then we've got um, robot uh, and a little Easter egg. Uh, in the background... This video game that Robot is playing is actually Journey on PlayStation. Great video game. And then we get Amanda showing up and tries to apologize. And um, he's and, and Robot tells her that he came here to forget. He came here to forget. He doesn't want her apology. He just and and Amanda's like you. You know what did she say? You really expect me to forget all of it? Um, and then. We've got the flashback. Uh, look how and young and little yeah. they look. <laughs> Ugly little kid. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're awkward teenagers at this point. Well, almost. Um, but they've, they've been, the Flaxons have been using uh, Monster Girl as like their champion, like their beast, you know. And yeah, we find out that... Shackled up and stuff, mm-hmm. right? We find, that, we find out that four years have passed and they're aging very, very slow. And... He, uh, Young Rex says, haven't you noticed? We've been here for four years already, and neither of us have aged a day. So the time goes so slow there, and you turn the page, and it's Amanda in the present day freaking out on Rex saying, 700 years we lived together. And yeah, that was like, my mind was blown at that point. Right? I was yeah. like, and like what she, she says, I knew you better than anyone on earth has ever known anyone. I loved you more than anyone has ever loved anyone. And you threw it all away. All of it. After one single mistake, I'll never forget that. What? I know. I know. Yeah. I thought that was a great twist. A great, like, think about that. 700 years Dude, with one person. Well, that's what I say. And people make mistakes all the time. Mistakes. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. But out of 700 years, like she's saying, that's, there was one mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, cut a girl some slack. Well, at this point, we don't know even know what it is. So it's like, what could have, what could possibly have turned him away from her well originally i was thinking because he made that comment of what side are you on mm-hmm. i was thinking it was something like that where you know she arranged um like people fighting against him or you know like something that she sided yeah. with the aliens yep. or you know something like that but i had no idea <laughs> i just mm-hmm. kept reading i try to look for things every now and then but <laughs> i miss half the things where i'm wrong so please so issue 93 starts off, and it's all about um, uh, Rex's plan. And he talks about, like, I love this. He, he brings up what happened in issue three. Now, in issue three, when we're first getting to know Nolan and everything like that, the first time we see the Flaxons in Invincible is in issue three. Nolan goes there, and he's fighting with his son for a second, and Nolan gets pulled into the portal. And then later on, 
um, I don't remember, I think it was a couple days or something like that go by, and Mark is sitting down to dinner uh, with Debbie, and Nolan walks in and he has a beard, and Debbie like kind of goes over and she sheds a tear or something like that, and they're sitting at the table, and Mark's like, oh, I stopped my teacher from um, turning kids into human bombs, and Nolan's like, I was trapped in another dimension where time moved really slow. Yeah. And shit. I just now came back. And then she's like, that's nice. Can you pass the peas? Yes. And that's yes, how yes. issue three ended. Wow. Yep. Isn't that crazy? And, so, that was, and I remember saying, oh, that's like an everyday occurrence. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he'd gone for months or something. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so Rex talks about his plan and how the Flaxons invade different, you know, dimensions or, you know, locations or whatever to basically get slaves for themselves. So they have, they basically have this slave, um, you know, economy where they don't do any of the work. And um, Rex wants to use these slaves to kind of make a, you know, start a revolt against the Flaxons and lead them. And so they want to go, they're, 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 there's punishment for, you know, Monster Girl and Rex is that they're being condemned to this city in which they're going to be forced to rebuild it. And they can get use slaves to rebuild it. But Rex's plan is like, we can live pretty much forever compared to these guys. So years are going to go by and these slaves are going to grow up knowing us and all the Flaxons are going to die off and we're going to have more control and more power, you know, right. than they realize. Again, pretty smart. Good plan. Good yeah, plan. Exactly. And it works for the most part. Um, he actually leads the revolt and becomes a leader of, you know, this this whole, you know, revolution against the Flaxons. So. I don't like Star Wars. We all know that. Is that Chewbacca in the background? Looks like a Chewy reference. That does look like a <laughs> Chewy. That does look like a Wookiee. Uh-huh. Interesting. So one of the, the mini slave races, um, in the background does look like a Chewbacca, kind of a, a Wookiee race. Um, and, like, Cory Walker talk, um, mentions, or is it Kirkman? One of them talks about all the different designs. This is one of the things that Cory Walker does best, is all the different um, costume designs and creatures and everything like that. It's amazing. He talked about in the back of the book how he designed... Um, a different costume for Monster Girl in almost every page because he had to show the passage of time and why would she be wearing the same outfit after hundreds of years? Oh, right. yeah. So she's constantly wearing something different. And so he had to, you know, come up with a new and I feel like people, alien yeah. costume. And people just take it, you know, take that ad- advantage. Oh, you know, yeah. Of like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, just keep reading along, but they don't really think about... <clears throat> how difficult that is mm-hmm. and even just yeah to show that progression as she gets older what she's going to wear or choose to wear and how that defines her and mm-hmm. yeah very cool and uh now we've got uh, a panel or a, a, we're going back to present day here and do you guys remember this so there's an attack on london and a guy standing there with a graduation cap next to a whole bunch of garbage gets attacked and dies do you remember him? Um, vaguely, now that like you're pointing that out. Remember when Mark, yeah, Mark threw the threw garbage something. bag? Yeah. Yeah. And then the <laughs> And then it landed. Mm-hmm. And then then he threw his graduation cap. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it landed on the same and guy. That guy was and they started every worshiping time. the garbage yes, and stuff yes, like yes. that. Oh my god. <laughs> this is him. This is this cult that he ended this up leading. Cabin. And it's just it, it was a cool way to introduce an attack on London 
was to reference an old running joke. Right. So, and kind of put it to bed in the same sense. So, there's an attack on London, and it's the Flaxons. And uh, Mark's pissed off. Him and Eve are just sitting there watching on TV, and he's mad he can't do anything. And Eve's like, I'm not going to go. You know what I mean? I can't get there super fast. If they need me, they'll come and get me. Otherwise, we're sitting here. Right. And that's it. How so, boring. Um, yeah. Zandel has to leave. Um, uh, his parents are, you know, still over, and they're watching the attack on TV, and he has to make up the lie that he has to go to a gallery. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what do you, you know, your brother might be on TV. You should stay here and watch. And, you know. I heard he's got a new costume. Watch out for it. Yeah, yeah. He did say that. Yep. So, um, meanwhile, they're... Rex is just adamantly denying the fact that it's the Flaxons. He's like, nope, nope, can't be, isn't, nope, I don't believe it. And they, the Guardians arrive on the scene, and some the, over the next few pages are some amazing fight scenes. So very cool getting to see, like, we get to see the Actioneers in the scene with um, power plaques fighting and just little... Little nods to other superheroes and I was like, I was like, what's up with Monster Girl's outfit? Like, look at the, go to the next page with that deep V. Oh yeah, she does have that. <laughs> what is? That? Yeah, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of that one either. I I liked the the tarp. Oh and yeah, like, yeah. Tarzan looking mm-hmm. sack versus. <laughs> Um, a gymnastics leotard. <laughs> it does look like a leotard. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've got some some you know two page spreads of them fighting the Flaxons and London just kind of crumbling behind them, and then something happens. All of a sudden, all the different guardians are getting zapped and blasted away from this green energy beam because coming onto the scene is some big flax on some giant flax on um and we don't know anything about him so this guy shows up and it's just like all right so who's this guy and right. that's it and that's how uh issue 93 ends well but then rex reacts it can't be yeah he says it can't be so that's yeah i knew it came from the dimension they had left mm-hmm. so that's why i was like come on mm-hmm. <laughs> what's happening next yep so, issue 94, um, Eve is on her way there, um, and Mark kicks over a table, pissed off. Um, again, this is, like, we talked a little bit about it, Liz, like, Mark isn't in this too much. Mm-mm. And that's kind of, it's appropriate that he's not on the cover of the hardcover. Um, this isn't really Mark's story. He's kind of sitting on the sideline for most of this. Right. But I, I liked seeing more of... The whole universe in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just finding out more of the story of what's going on. Yeah, they, they the, showed... The next page, it shows what everybody else is doing. So Capes is like, oh, we're busy, we're tied up fighting, you know, they're fighting the, the Magna men. Yeah, Wolfman. Um, Wolfman's fighting, uh, uh, not Kill Cannon, but yeah, some of his villains from his comic. Um, and then Tech Jacket is just, there's just some space Ethereal creature. beauty. And he's just so hot. <laughs> No, but I, I like the catch-up, you know, and what's happening with Mark, I feel like, is going to be pretty important for his character development, oh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it needs to take the appropriate amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 
robot shows up on scene and he begins demanding answers and he shows up with a whole slew of different <laughs> Arm- yeah, yeah army of robots different robots you know he's got all these crazy looking different outfits and it looks really neat just yeah. different versions of himself in a way and he starts punching like this flax on he's demanding answers he's like and he's speaking flax on you know he's actually speaking in their language um and he's saying like how oh, i lived on for uh in your world for more years than i lived on mine i know everything about you do they still tell stories of me do your people still tell stories of me I thought that was really neat so and he's saying like you know how did it happen how did this happen and then flashback so the uh the Zaxol are a royal family, and they're the pretty much the rulers. They're the ones who are enslaving all these people, um, and they they find this resistance group that are trying to fight back against the Zaxols, and the Zaxols are the ones that they're trying to overthrow throughout this whole thing. Um, we see that Amanda is missing home. They've been doing this at this point now for probably a hundred or so years, and um, she just wants to go back and they talk about how they have the opportunity to go back but they say it's probably only been a few months back home look at how much good we're doing here we should stay and actually you know you know make it work and a lot of this has to do with amanda not really not having a choice yeah but also not she doesn't fit in and she's she doesn't speak the language. She can't. She's trying. She can't learn it. She can't learn it. And Robot keeps saying, well, it's because you're not trying. Like, you need to learn the language better. You'd mm-hmm. feel better if you knew people and can talk to them. Because I think that she's not talking to anybody but him for hundreds of years at this point. No wonder why she knows it better than anybody. <laughs> right? Jeez. Yeah. That, I mean, that's <laughs> very alienating. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, so funny. Nerd. Flash forward to uh, what's going on in London. And throughout, during the fight, I like this, a building is about to fall on top of civilians. And General Craig, one of the Viltramites that's living among them, Go saves figure. them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What's that about? He's just looking out for someone he wants to reproduce with. Mm-hmm. He's not good. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Just don't. <laughs> uh, and uh, the Guardians of the Globe continue to fight. Still some fight scenes. Um, hmm. Yeah, more of Robot and his oh, new outfits and stuff. Yeah. His and, arm things. And Monster Girl's knocked out, and Robot kneels over her, and he's like, you know, shake it off. Come on, Amanda. Come on. We can use your help, please. And he says, I still love you. And, <laughs> and flashback to... You know, we get a sex scene between the two overlooking their army and um, they're ready to kind of take on the Zaxel family and kind of put an end to this for good. And he he talks about because this whole flashback is kind of told in letter. Like it's like he's writing something you get. Right. And he talks about how he he had no idea how concerned he should have been, you know, with with Amanda's, um, like, yeah, he's reviewing compassion. everything That's that what happened, it and mm-hmm. it's yeah, he's realizing it and actually seeing it from a different point of view for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking back to her compassion and how she actually cared for the Flaxons, you know, because they were being abused and beaten, 
And he appreciated that about her, but he, like he says to himself, he didn't realize how concerned he should have been. Um, but this, but he's such a unique person in general. I shouldn't even say a person really. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, he is not going to approach things the same way or think about things the same way. And it's going to take him longer to see, I don't know, what Amanda could see or feel. Yeah, like almost like he's overanalyzing something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And this issue ends with Monster Girl waking up and uh, fighting back. And they start beating up this giant flaxon that's been kicking their ass. And she knocks the helmet off of him. And he speaks English. And he says, at long last, I'm face to face with you. Look upon me, Rex Robot and Amanda Monster Girl. And he said, that's right, I speak your language. Are you surprised to see me? Are you surprised to see your son? Mm-hmm. My face was like how Amanda or Monster Girl was. <laughs> I know, I, love, I loved her face like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah and Robot's like, sure, I'm like, oh. But still at this point, your son. Mm-hmm. So I thought Rex so it's weird. and Amanda's son. Yeah, so that's what you're thinking because he's, he's saying, are you surprised to see your son? And they're both shocked. Right. And you're thinking, okay, so maybe this is just kind of what a monster girl offspring looks like? Yeah, but I was still confused because they talked about earlier, I know you wanted children. You're right. And so then that's why when this, I was like, what? what's happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because oh, she's yeah. so Oh, yeah, in the next issue they talk so about lonely. it. Yeah. Yep. So issue 95, um, it starts with Robot saying... How could you do this, Amanda? How did you hide this from me? So, Robot doesn't even know about this at this point. Um, at least he's saying he doesn't know. And um, he's like, you had, you had a child from me. And Amanda's panicking. She's saying, no, it's not possible. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. And flashback, Rex is now the ruler of the Flaxons. And I like how as time passes, his robot costume has become part robot part you know it looks like he's replaced pieces of it and everything like that yeah very neat um they chose to stay in the flaxon dimension you know even though they could have gone back at any time like i said they they wanted to see it through and she the the zaxel family the ones that started enslaving all these people have been in prison for so long and amanda wants to free them She's, like we've said already, she's compassionate. She sees that, you know... It's punishment enough mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they're not being treated, you know, humanely. And they talk about how, you know, or, or Rex talks about how he became distracted, you know, being a ruler. Um, and he started to drift. And they started to drift apart. Um, and... Monster Girl frees them. She actually does free the Zaxels, those, you know, that family. And um, and after she frees the Zaxel family, um, Rex finds out about it. And he's like, you undermine my authority. Get out of my sight. And it talks about that, that after that, they drifted apart for years. He said that it was, you know, decades that they had until they saw each other again. And they started seeing each other again. And 
I guess, fell back in love and out of love. And I mean, you have to think hundreds of years are going on during this. And he mentioned that, uh, he says, although we had reconciled, I knew you still resented me for what I couldn't give you. And he says to her, "I, I know you want children. I do too, but it's just not happening. I'm sorry. So maybe it has to do with just the way he cloned himself or his whole process, but he's unable to have children. And so... Or maybe she can't have kids. Like, she turns into a freaking monster that's, you know... Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it doesn't really say, you know... Or unless he knows that he can't from Mm -hmm. some testing or whatever, you'd think that maybe he would know. Who knows? You know, maybe all that time they spent there, you know, at some point he might have actually tested. Um, But they drifted apart, and they... uh, um, the Zaxels rose up again and Monster Girl kind of betrayed Rex. She let them kind of rise up and attack Rex. Overthrow him, yeah. Yeah, and overthrow, exactly. That's yeah. what it was. And she literally knocks him out and they imprison him. And that's where Rex is writing this letter from. And all the while, Amanda is kind of with this Zaxel uh, princess or whoever Um, and it turns out they you know hooked up and who know who knew that monster girl when she turned into a monster would actually have the male anatomy yeah that works yeah she turns she (laughs) changes gender when she's the monster yeah isn't that interesting Mm -hmm. very crazy um so, uh, in Rex's letter, he says that he forgives her, and he throws the letter away, um, but, you know, Monster Girl shows up and says that he was right. So she confesses to Rex that, you know, she's made a mistake, but they kind of forgive each other, and it seems as though they're just going to move on. Um, and then back at present time, during this whole fight, Monster Girl is clearly very upset she's keeps saying that you know i had a a baby you know i abandoned you and she feels as though she left her child and monax as we learned his name is um continues to just beat them up and wants to rule earth and uh so he has that same mentality mm -hmm. of enslaving (laughs) yeah right well he i think he's was raised by the Zaxel family, who right. were the ones that went from dimension to dimension and enslaved people. Um, but the issue ends with Brett picking Robot up and saying, hey, let's finish this. So the final issue of Volume 8 is issue 96. Very cool cover, by the way. I like that a lot. Um, just Robot holding Monster Girl, Amanda, and then them, the Cody Walker version beneath with them kind of facing away from each other. Um, so yeah, this one starts off with her confessing, saying that she cheated on him. Um, and she says, can you forgive me? And he says, just play, she says, say something, just say anything. And he walks away and time passes and he comes to her and says that he's chosen his his successor and that it's time we leave. You know, he wants to go back. So, um, he says that their work there is done. There's too many painful memories now and that he'll make the preparations to head back. 
So, um, I'm just kind of like little lost at that part because they had overthrown him, right? Uh, the Zaxos did overthrow him, but while he was in prison, Monster Girl broke him out. And they did rise up again. So they rise up again. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, that's what I that just That is didn't... a little glossed over. Yeah. I yeah, mean... that's really quick because, I mean, they spent how many issues talking about how they would fight them, but then, you know, it just kind of, yeah, she even says this should be over within a week. It was okay. just a small uprising, you got to okay. think. yeah. Um, so after that, we've got the uh, Guardians of the Globe uh, fighting back with Robot commanding them, kind of telling, you know, each person to do this. He's like, Kaboomerang, do this. You know, Shapesmith, do this. And he's kind of sending them all out. And um, uh, Monster Girl and Robot took on Monax. And they kind of shut him down. And they're just, she's pinning him down and holding him there. And I loved it. I loved Monax yelling at Rex and saying, what was it? Um, No, it can't be over. Not like this. You don't get to win, not you, not after everything you've done. I won't let you win, you monster. And I just like Monax calling Rex monster. Yeah. As opposed to monster girl. Right. I just thought that was a neat neat writing there. Um, and that piqued my interest. Yeah. You know? Because then I was like, of course there's got to be more going on than just he, Rex rising up and being a leader. Mm-hmm. And, you know? They wouldn't have put that much into that scene unless if there was more. Mm-hmm. So the fight is over. They take Monax away to custody. And the next scene is Zandal walking in, into his apartment and kind of blurting out about, um, you know, oh, I got to avoid my parents because of this. And, you know, my arm, you know, I have a good reason to explain my arm is broken. And she's like, uh, they're in the next room. And, you know... It just kind of ends with like, uh, oops, but it never really, we don't get to see the result of that yet. Um, I like Zandel's cast, however, because it looks like Cecil signed it. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Probably got like a microchip in there so we can listen to him. And- <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, so Mark is pissed off at Alan and Oliver. Because London was nearly leveled and... They were they, nowhere. They were nowhere to be found. And Oliver's <laughs> we reason is, Tech Jacket met this alien and she invited us to her mothership. And we weren't that far away, but we were out of contact. Yeah, I know. Um, you know what was going on in that ship. <laughs> yeah, right. Who knows? Um, but Oliver talks to Mark for a minute and breaks down crying. Moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said before, like... Oliver really has no connection to humans, so he was quick to act. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of gave him like those more that more humanistic point of view, you know, yeah. to love someone and I like I like what lost. he says here. If losing someone close to you feels like this, if that's what it, it's like to have a loved one die, maybe I was wrong about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I I thought that was well put. Mm-hmm. Um, they fly back, like, they're heading back to Telescria together. Um, and I like this moment of Eve saying, asking Mark if he wants to fool around, and he's like, it really won't be the same without my powers. But yes. But poor Mark. <laughs> poor Mark. <sighs> um, and we get explanation for what General Craig was doing 
in London because the rag calls him out on it. And it turns out that um, uh, General Craig has uh, a human woman in London who is carrying his child. And, and uh, Thrag is like, uh, from what I know, uh, you have a dozen human women spread all over the globe who have your child um, or are currently pregnant with your child. And Craig is like, I know, and I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was great. Uh-huh. She's kind of like starting this a little bit of like a, hmm, maybe, maybe it could change. Um, but I thought that was a really cool scene. So um, Mark and Eve are talking, and Mark mentions that he's concerned about what's going on with dinosaurs because he hasn't heard from him in a while, and he doesn't know what he's up to. Um, so that's kind of, you know, looming, uh, what's going to happen next with dinosaurs. And then there's a scene with, you know, Robot and Amanda, or I'm sorry, Rex and Amanda. And they, they're standing next to Monex and, uh, he says he has nothing left to say to them to leave. And they basically make up, um, Rex kind of apologizes for what happened. Um, he he says that I know what you did, and it was because of who I had become. Right. And he forgives her, and they kiss, and things are okay. But the last page is is kind of a flashback, but we get to see the rest of that scene that we got to see earlier, and it turns out that Rex, Rex knew. knew all along that she had a child with that other woman. So he actually ordered for all of them to be killed. So that's why when Monax shows up, he's saying it can't be, it can't be because he tried to, you know, have them all killed. At so the time. how crazy is it that Amanda didn't even know, mm-hmm. but Rex he did. knew mm-hmm. and he ordered him. Well, back. he, you gotta think he probably has his little spies or his, yeah, and you he's know, also, very He's got intelligent his connections down, mm-hmm. you know. So, what did you think of this volume? I thought um, it was a little bit slower, but I liked the details of getting to know, you know, a little bit more about the characters, kind of getting introduced to Bulletproof a little bit more. So, I kind of, um, I don't know, I enjoyed mm-hmm. getting to know that a little bit better. Yeah. But, like I you think- said, it wasn't like all about Mark, so it didn't have as much as the fighting or, the, mm. you know... Well, this one feels completely different, I feel like. Like, well, not completely different, but this is one of those volumes where, you know, I think of this one as a very different volume than the rest. You know, it, it, it like you said, it's not really about Mark. It's got the, all the flax on dimension stuff. It definitely has an overall different feel than the other ones. It's a little bit less superhero. yeah comic and a little bit more sci-fi and fantasy and well that's why i even wonder too like now that we're getting more into the story is it because they're getting ready to end things that it kind of like slowed down like Mm -hmm. that or were they just gearing up for i can't tell you at this point they're they didn't know that it was going to be ending soon okay so no not not at this point but um is there any are there any storylines that you're you know kind of anticipating to read about next? Um, I'm trying to think of... There's a couple things that I, of course, had in my head. 
I mean, Eve and Mark have kind of been like teetering mm-hmm. for me. Like she seems kind of like an emotional mess every time he goes away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just going to keep wearing down on her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I expect conflict for them. I think, of course, Mark is going to get back his powers eventually. I really don't know how. Yeah. Or if it's just like a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other predictions that I have. Well, one thing that's exciting is that next volume contains issue 100. Ooh, a big one. Mm-hmm. Huh. So that should be exciting. Something so, to look forward to. to so, um, And I want Cecil to die. So I'm gonna say Cecil's gonna die. Keep saying Cecil's gonna done. die. He's She's done. Keep, keep saying it every after every volume. Yeah. Well, and honestly, for me, to see that this volume end with that for Rex, like he really he said, I want to go back because I want to forget everything. Mm-hmm. I realized that he wasn't per se just talking about Amanda's infidelity. Mm-hmm. He's talking about decisions and things that he made. Mm-hmm. But I think now that he's back. He's having trouble kind of where he belongs now. Yeah. Like I mean, I, you got to think he's, they've both lived in that world for 700 years. Who are they even in this world now? You know yeah. what I mean? So there is that whole, you know, issue with how do they fit in now and, you know, what are they, what are they like now after all that? Exactly. So I, I feel like, hmm. I even told Billy, I was like, I feel like he's now shaping up to be the villain. They've kind of like, are setting that kind up. of building it yeah interesting yeah, foreshadowing well, he, he being a ruler or being in charge of things which yeah. wouldn't be hard for him at all exactly yeah here's the here's volume nine so that's next now since you guys have finished compendium volume two or the second compendium uh, i only have one thing to hand out so each of you you're gonna have to take turns with volume nine so awesome. one of you will finish it and i'll give it to the other um britney had to step away earlier um so that's why you haven't heard her in a little bit. But um, remember, uh, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com if you have questions for the girls. They're very close. What? That's Angstrom. That is Angstrom. Ooh, I have more predictions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, very exciting. Um, so, yeah, like I said, find us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, no. We're not on Instagram. Why did I say Instagram? Why not? We yeah, should right? start taking pictures of ourselves. <laughs> no. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, um, uh, theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us, uh, ask the girls what they think of something so far, or you know, let us know if you're reading along. Um, we love hearing feedback. Uh, iTunes reviews are great. Um, but yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be back in two weeks with a new issue discussion. Super excited to talk about uh, all about that with you guys. I'll have TJ and Bill back in here to talk all about it. I think that's all. Anything else, Liz? I got nothing. All right, well, great. Thank you for joining me. I guess that's it. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.